0: You cover it up. It seems like no one is ready back to When Survival Looks Like Success. This is Season 2, Episode 2, and today's topic is ghosting. What it is, why it happens, and how to move on after it. Have you guys noticed there are so many psychologically devastating terms that have come to life in the last few years to describe our experiences and essentially define them more accurately? Terms like gaslighting, love bombing, narcissism or narcissistic personality disorder. And today's topic, ghosting. I've heard a lot of talk about ghosting. Relationship ghosting, work ghosting, friendship ghosting. Well, before ghosting was a popular term, it was something I experienced throughout the course of my life. I think as a child, My first experience with ghosting had to be the cliques at private school. I went into a new school in second grade, hoping for a fresh start and the opportunity to make new friends. And I was wrong. (laughs) Really, really wrong. (laughs) So there was another little girl who didn't like me. She was jealous. Like straight up, I can look back and be like, oh yeah, that little bitch was jealous. And made sure over the next six years that friends would not come easy by me. She literally said to my face, I will make sure you never have a friend while you're here. She was wrong. I did have a few. But year after year, yeah, yeah, she did her thing. Ugh. like shivers, shudders. Ugh. God, childhood is hard. So one by one. These girls that had latched on to me had suddenly stopped talking to me with nothing but a quiet excuse, or simply nothing at all, like just straight up ignored me to my face, ghosting as a child to my face. So what do you think something like that does to a young girl? Well, it makes her self-reflect in the worst kind of way. What did I do wrong? Was I not nice enough? Was I not cool enough? How do I get this friend back? Year after year after year after year. Guess what? These kinds of things turn into adults who become compulsive people pleasers, compulsive attention seekers, or just plain compulsive. Well, it didn't stop there. Acquaintances ghosted me for a variety of reasons throughout my life always later to be discovered. They were sleeping with my boyfriend or their boyfriend had a thing for me. That was the thing. Friends ghosted me if they didn't like my partner or spouse multiple times. Lovers ghosted me when they cheated or didn't have the balls to break up with me to my face. Work ghosted me. That was fun. They decided they didn't want to keep me around anymore, so they decided to just not schedule me and left me lingering, waiting, waiting, waiting as my bank account was dwindling, dwindling, dwindling. Family ghosted me for reasons unknown, some of them still to this day. Conflict, I suppose, or just facing some internal pain or trauma. I still don't know. And then there's the ones that hurt you the most. The people you trust with your deepest secrets and darkest confessions, and they ghost you because you're you, once they know or feel like they know the real you. And there have been others, a lot. I've had people ghost me because their own boundaries were strained. I've had people ghost me because they were too timid to establish a boundary. But what I've learned from all the ghosting is that it's almost never really about me. (laughs) Yeah. It involves me, but typically it's people never giving me the benefit of the doubt, which I've always found kind of peculiar. So until the term became more popular in the last few years, I've always felt a bit alone in this category. But now seeing the multitude of people going through this, it's pretty alarming. As a society, we avoid confrontation because most often our primal selves take over. Rationality goes out the window and we end up in a full-on brawl or crying or melting down because our minds and our brains are two very different beasts. And I know that sounds weird, but your mind is your consciousness. It's a collection. It's the collection of experiences. It's what is creating you, your personality. And your brain is, you know, a big ball in your skull. It's anatomical. Your mind and your brain are two very different beasts. So yesterday... I sobbed for three hours, not one, not two, but three hours, because I got into a fight on the phone with the scheduling woman at the hospital. My rational brain knew that I was overreacting. Like, why are you crying for three hours? Good Lord, get over it. It's done. But I couldn't stop because my mind and body were just not connecting properly at the time. The processing was off. Not a little off, very off. Three hours off. So commonly, when people ghost others, it's because their body is sending them into overdrive. And their mind may be telling them, hey, just have a polite conversation. But their brain, their lizard brain, is telling them, run, flee, give distance. Eventually it'll go away and you won't have to deal with this anymore. So the inability to recognize and correct the behavior is what keeps people in this constant state of flight. Are there ever times when it's appropriate to ghost? Sure. Sure. But there's a big difference between letting someone phase out over time because maybe your interests have changed as you've matured And on the flip side, just blocking them on social media and not returning their phone calls and leaving them to wonder and stew and obsess. And we all know what that wondering can do, right? The unknown. The unknown leads us down a rabbit hole. The unknown causes us to have false narratives where we've created a whole damn tale based around something that doesn't even exist. So I've seen this meme going around where it essentially says, if you're the one being ghosted, it's on you, you're toxic, good riddance, pretty much like a big fuck you. And you know, maybe at points that might have been true, I can own up to it. Maybe I was bad for somebody in some way. And the only thing they felt they had control over was to distance from me like a bad fucking habit. But year after year, the ghosts from my past come back, almost always, like 99% of times. They'll send me a letter. I hear the gossip down the grapevine. I get a text or a DM, and nine out of 10 times, it's never me. It's always fucking them. (laughs) So why do I keep attracting people that do this to me then? Right? Because there's always accountability and clearly i'm attracting people that are doing this to me so i think huge issue is that for a fact i know i am an over communicator so if you're out there and you've been ghosted a ton are you an over communicator and how i interpret it interpret it is it means i'll end up communicating for people that are under communicate under communicators so like i'm overcompensating I'm overcompensating for them. I'm controlling the narrative. I'm controlling the talk. I'm controlling the diction. And communication is great if you're both kind of on the same level. But if you're micromanaging someone else's communication, well, how do you think that's going to go? And if communication is not your strong suit, then what are you more apt to do when confrontation or internal struggle pops up? Ghost it. Bingo. So when the problem is somebody else, but involves you directly, what do you do? Well, that's for the individual to decide. Our digital connections are ruining us. You don't like someone? Just block them. Don't like a coworker? Work from home. Not interested romantically? Just swipe a different way. But in person, blocking and swiping aren't going to do the trick. They're not. It is essential that we learn how to communicate. So I'm going to walk you through a ghosting avoidance scenario so that no one is haunted by their actions. And I want you to think about this and maybe you'll even relate to it. Lynette and Tasha have been friends for years. Suddenly, Tasha takes up with a guy who does not mesh well with her ideals. Lynette is a fitness fanatic who goes to church and participates in animal welfare protests. Meanwhile, Tasha's new boo goes hunting on the weekends, lives off of fast food, and basically is a couch potato. But Tasha loves the hell out of him, so suddenly Lynette finds herself in a pickle. Should she just ghost her friend? Peace out. Peace out, Tasha. Can't get along with your new boo. Bye. Uh uh-uh. uh. Gone. Or simply establish that she wants to spend time alone with her, that that's what she needs. And while she's happy that her friend is happy, their unique solo time is what's really important. You don't even need to bring up the elephant in the room unless it directly impacts you and it's completely unavoidable. And even then, the relationship can still be maintained if the dy- even if the dynamic is different. All friendships change. All dynamics change. All relationships change over time. It's inevitable. Because after all, if you're in a friendship with Tasha... That means you're in a friendship with Tasha and not her potato person. If you want to keep people around, if you want to keep people in your life, you don't necessarily have to hurt someone. You can merely establish a boundary or emphasize your needs to make it more accommodating. And honestly, telling someone what they mean to you, that you want to be alone with them, that you want to spend time with them, that that exclusive time is essential for you, makes other people feel good. So why wouldn't you be doing that? When I was at a spiritual service recently, we spoke about change, growth, evolution. You won't remain the same person throughout the course in your life. In fact, nobody will. Life is messy. Sometimes there will be uncomfortable moments But I can guarantee you that not dealing with them, not figuring out solutions that work for the people you value and want to keep around will end up a hell of a lot messier. You will be eating up your time. You will be eating up your energy. You will be eating up your mental space for that, your clarity, your sanity. And then eight months later, you'll end up writing and. I'm sorry, email, riddled with guilt and shame and hoping for forgiveness. But even then, the relationship may never be the same. So back to that question we asked earlier. Are there ever times when ghosting is acceptable? Yes. I think if you've established a boundary with someone, or they get incredibly defensive and toss it back in your face, If they have done something so damaging that you don't want that relationship anymore or it's a matter of safety, then of course, because it is a more extreme circumstance, like exit, everyone needs exit strategies. So if you have to ghost and that's your exit strategy and you need to get out of that situation now, then of course. But otherwise, if that is not the case, do yourself and the other person a favor and just do a little extra communicating. Try setting the boundary. Try establishing a screen, a filter. If this is someone you value and you want to keep around, do the work. I know the friendships that I've had to establish a few ground rules with, or that they've had to establish ground rules with me, are thriving and deeper than ever before. And they got another chance. We got another chance. Here's another chance for this joy, this camaraderie, this deepening bond. And it wouldn't have been possible if I just up and left or if they just up and left me. But what do you do after being ghosted? The pain, the obsession, the mixed feelings, the discomfort. Here are a few tips. Evaluate whether or not you want someone in your life that has that little respect for you or trust in you. Is that really worth your time and energy? Own up to whatever it is you think that may have happened and make peace from it, learn from it. If that person has cut you off and is no longer communicating with you and there's not a way to open that up, you kind of don't have an option. (laughs) But you can't just avoid that you've done nothing. You can't just avoid, like I said, it can be completely on them, but still take the time to just reflect and learn. It may be no big deal to you, but this just might be a good learning opportunity for future relationships or future friendships that come about. Send love to the other person. That's harder than it sounds. It is. Obviously, they're also somehow hurt and confused, and making a voodoo doll out of them it'll just make you vindictive or resentful, which is definitely a waste of thinking and mental space. And the biggest one is let time pass. When it is fresh and raw, it is really hard to be neutral in our thinking. We are when we are emotional, we can't let that rationality slide in. We are overwhelmed. Our lizard brain is going nuts. We're primal. We are just not thinking. We are not using our forebrains to really process everything. So let some time pass. And tell yourself to let that pass. At our core, I do believe we are all good people. But good people can do some really shitty things. I have. I think I'm a great person. But doesn't mean that I'm without flaws or without, you know, quote unquote sins or without like wrongdoing, of course, because I'm human. And I truly believe that so many of us, if not all of us at points, are acting out of pain and fear and trauma. And we are subject to those experiences in our brains, how they manifest and they cement themselves long term to influence what we do moving forward. The people that have ghosted me, some I'm on neutral terms with, some have died, and some have just moved on in life. But they all hold a place in my heart and in my memories. I learned from them and cherish the good experiences I did have with them. And that kind of illuminating reflection lights up my life and makes it easier because harboring hatred in your heart does nothing but damage you and you are worth more. So don't forget to subscribe, comment, and rate on your viewing and listening platforms. We would love to connect with you. Tell us your story of being ghosted and how it made you feel, or maybe you have ghosted someone and want to share your whys for why you did it. This is a very accepting space, and we want to experience our collective human connection. So make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at When Survival Looks Like Success. Take care, my friends.